You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods, yeah One in particular, I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock uh. Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett yeah. The man is a menace yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things Promise you, you won't regret it mm. Sly as a fox, cultured in pop Give him his props, here is a thought Here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all So don't even try, careful with the news But when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake Whoa, fantasy round table Fantasy, fantasy round table Fantasy round table Come take a look at the crown, baby Hey, Fantasy round table Fantasy, fantasy round table Fantasy round table Come take a look at the crown, baby Go! All right, and we are live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Got the whole group back with us here on, I would say, a beautiful Monday, but it's kind of been a rough uh, couple days. It's it's, it's a Monday. Uh, You know, as you can see, Dennis here has got hashtag justice for George. Uh, We'll touch on that really quick as it is such a a big thing going on in the country. I'll give my thoughts, and then you guys can obviously give yours. It's uh, obviously a... very sad and disappointing time seeing everything going on. Obviously, we all, I think, stand for it with George. All three of us do here with what happened. Uh, we're very sad with everything that's gone on. Uh, obviously, I hope that we can get back to some kind of normalcy. It's almost sad to be wishing for more COVID-19 news than, than what's going on right now. Uh, but it, it needs to happen. Uh, you know, I, everybody that's talked about what Colin Kaepernick did, uh, had we listened to him instead of making it about what it wasn't about, maybe we wouldn't have gotten this far. So it's sad to see that this is what's had to happen. Uh, obviously, we hope everybody makes it out of here safe and, and okay with everything going on. I know there's a lot of news going on right now about what might happen here in the very near future with, with what our uh, president is going to do. So we uh, that, that's it. I really don't have any other elegant way of doing that. Dennis, Matt, you guys have anything you want to add on, on what's going on right now? You know, I just like to think that as, as a, a people and as a country that we have the brain power to understand that killing people is bad and rioting and looting is also bad. So we've pushed a segment of society into a corner, it seems, uh, and, and 
and I say we as an old white guy, uh, I, I have my life experiences and I can't begin to, uh, you, you know, they, they, they say you, you don't know until you've walked a mile in somebody else's shoes. Uh, I don't think that you can really walk a mile in somebody else's shoes. So I have to reach out to the people I know that have experienced uh, those things that have been so troubling and try to offer my support and make sure that uh, I'm doing what I need to do, that I'm raising my kids the right way, that I'm doing what I need to do to be an ally to the disenfranchised communities. Yeah, I would. I work in a building that's uh, downtown that's actually right next door to city hall. Um, you know, so a lot of this weekend kind of watching the, the gatherings here in, in Colorado Springs and uh, around the country, you know, I think we've seen some really beautiful moments of people trying to come together and people trying to make their voices heard. And we've seen some really um, sad and horrific things and it's, <laughs> It's hard to believe it's only been five months of 2020 uh, with all that's gone on. And you just, you know, hope hope better days are ahead for for all of us in a lot of ways. Um, just praying for, for peace and for justice and uh, for people to feel heard and seen. I, you know, I think that's a lot of what these protests have been about. People who haven't felt heard or seen or cared about in a long time. And that should be deeply sad to all of us. Yeah, uh, you know, I think it's fair to say uh, the three of us, as, as much as we empathize with what's going on and want to be there, and, and as you just said, here, listen, see these people, we, we don't, we can't walk, as Dennis said, a mile in their shoes. We, we haven't suffered some of the injustices that they have. So, you know, all we can do is, is try and be there for them as much as possible. And we will. We all three of us, I know, have been talking about different stuff on Twitter. And I know we will all continue to try and be active and help them out. Uh, and obviously, you guys are here for fantasy football, though. So we did want to just touch on that. Let, let's talk a little bit of fantasy football. We are going to continue our uh, division series. We've got to finish up the NFC South today. We did uh, the Falcons and Saints last week. We are doing um, all messed up here today. Tampa Bay and Carolina. So we'll knock out the rest of the NFC South today uh, for today's episode. We're going to start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who finished the seven Tampa and nine. Bay this Buccaneers. Year. Right, yeah. the Tampa Bay. I thought about doing it, but I'm I'm glad that someone brought up the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who finished seven and nine last year. They missed the playoffs. Uh, so I'll start off with you, Dennis. Either, neither, or both will be in Tampa in 2022. Brady and Bruce Arians. Oh, I think they'll both be there. You know, it, it would have to go terribly off the rails, and I don't think that either one of them will allow it. Uh, it I think that they have the wherewithal to grow the relationship, to work together, to develop that offense so that it suits both of them. And, and they've got a lot of weapons. So if their defense takes another step like it started to do last year, there's no reason that they should not, you know, have a 500 or better record, at least be competitive. And if they're competitive, you've got two very competitive guys in Brady and Arians, and they'll go out there and they'll, you know, Brady wants to play two more years. As long as he's producing, I think, think he's going to play. Yeah. I mean, Brady seems like the Benjamin button of the NFL uh, <laughs> in, in yeah. some ways, you know, every time you, you want to count them out. It's hard not to. I think it's 
to me, I think Arians is there next year, no matter what. Um, mm-hmm. you know, this is only his second year. I think him coming back, he's committed to trying to to do something in Tampa Bay. I feel a little bit about Brady the same way as when we talk about Drew Brees. He could very well be there uh, again next year. Um, but what if they have an incredibly successful season, you know, yeah. and he starts looking at what do I want to do with my life? You know, do it, 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 it would, there's some thought that him moving down to Tampa Bay was an attempt to distinguish himself as a player aside from the organization and the coach, which has defined a lot of his career. If they had an incredibly successful season and he won and he did basically kind of the Peyton Manning thing of winning two Super Bowls with two different teams after he had he had been cut free, I could see a scenario with him walking off into the sunset. I could also see him coming back. You know, Brady seems to have his own internal drive in the way that a lot of great athletes like Jordan and, and others have had that aren't necessarily predicated on what happens day to day on the field. So I think at least Arians, I assume, will be back. It wouldn't surprise me if Brady is too. Yeah, I agree with uh, I agree with both of you. I think regardless, um, I could see him as you were just saying about him walking away if he won a Super Bowl. But I almost think he would for sure come back if he won it, just to see if he couldn't get another one. Because uh, I think if obviously if they win it, chances are their team's going to stay pretty close to what it is now. They may lose a couple pieces here and there, and I think he may want to win two Super Bowls with Tampa Bay. Because I yeah, obviously if they did that. Bill's not winning it, so he's in a way kind of showing that argument, even though him and Bill don't want to talk about that argument about who's better. Uh, some of the offseason moves that the Buccaneers have made so far this uh, season, they exercised the fifth-year option on O.J. Howard, which I thought was interesting. Obviously, that brought in Tom Brady. Gronk uh, came out of retirement. They drafted Keyshawn Vaughn and Tyler Johnson. And uh, the expiring contracts after this year, Gronk, Howard, and Godwin will be an unrestricted free agent. The fantasy finishes – for 2019, Brady finishes QB 13 with 257.8 points with the Patriots. Ronald Jones, RB 26, 141.2 points. Godwin, wide receiver 2, with 233.1 points. Evans, wide receiver 8, with 199.2. Howard, tight end 27, with 67.9 points. And Cameron, Brady, tight end 28, with 66.4 points. So Brady, in all honesty... On the field in the NFL and for fantasy has been in a little bit of a slow decline the past couple years. Do you guys see him taking a step forward, though, fantasy in 2020, having this team around him? Well, he has the best set of weapons he's had in quite some time. And I'm going to – and this will shock you, Matt. I'm including Ronald Jones in that best set of weapons. (laughs) That might be a shock to both, Matt. (laughs) It's not to say I think Jones is going to rush for 1,500 yards. But I expect Jones is going to have a better year than he had last year. I don't think Keyshawn Vaughn poses uh, an existential threat. I think he'll Jones will take another step in that offense. Uh, and so long as he's sufficient in pass protection, uh, he'll keep getting some play. Uh, you know, I don't think uh, Howard's contract isn't expiring because they just re-upped him for his fifth year. So he's going to be there for the next two seasons now. But having Evans, Godwin, uh, Gronk, O.J. Howard, Ronald Jones, Keyshawn Vaughn, Cameron Brait, Justin Tyler Watson, Tyler. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if I, how sold I am on Tyler Johnson yet. Uh, you take my fantasy dart throw from me. <laughs> so, but it'll come down to: can the defense stay competitive? 
And will their offensive line keep Brady upright? And the the challenge for the wide receivers will be uh, if Brady doesn't have time, he's going to be getting rid of the ball quickly because he's not going to he's not going to take fifty sacks. He's just not going to do it. They were one of the teams that took a first round tackle, right? Um, if I recall, were they the one that got worse? Yes. No. Uh. Yes, they did take because they were after you, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yes, they did, yes. So that's a good thing. Yeah. And and if so Brady Brady should have probably a bounce back year. I don't know. I would I don't think I expect a 50 touchdown year, but he can go high 20s in the touchdowns and he's not going to throw a, t- a ton of interceptions. Yeah, I uh you know, I Changed in the last probably month and a half a little. My thinking about I thought I noticed something different. Yeah, Uh, when when this first came out, I wasn't wildly in love with it. And in fact, I think when we talked about once before, I thought there was some potential that they could be. And Matt may want to close his ears for a minute, like the 2019 Browns, kind of the team that we that just looks so good in the off season, but then maybe runs into a few problems and narrowly misses the playoffs. Well, I mean, but that's I a polite at, thing, so I appreciate that. Just a slight hey, – just a couple the, of the, Brown, the playoffs. The Browns ended the season pretty strong. I mean – It's debatable. If they, but... Yeah, okay. Well, hey, look, I was – Continue with your point, though. I, I don't want to get I don't want to get kicked off the show this early on. Yeah, I almost <laughs> yeah. Did. I was over the mute button. Yeah, so. uh, but you know, I looked at their schedule and I really appreciated uh, what what Bob Lung put in the consistency guide. I read the Brady paragraph a couple of times. You know, Brady was one of his undervalued guys, and looking at his history and looking at his stats, and it, it he brought up a good point that we all pretty well think. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are going to be great in this offense. A lot of people are high on their tight ends or other ancillary weapons. It's impossible to think those guys are going to be good in fantasy without thinking that Tom Brady is going to be more than a stiff. Uh, So, you know, him bouncing back to being a low-end quarterback one, high-end quarterback two uh, does make some sense. Tampa Bay, I don't think Tampa Bay is going to be, you know, blowing anyone away like a 14-2, 13-3 season. But I, I have that site that I've shown you guys before that I like that plays the real schedule and you can pick yeah. games, game by game, week by week. I've run simulations a few times based on what I think. And I, I think they can be, you know, one of those wildcard teams and have a, a decent season. And they did invest in defense and offensive line. So I, I see Brady, it'd be hard to be much worse than what he had in New England. Yeah, well, see, that's the funny thing, right? As I say that he was coming down, but then he, he finished his QB 13 last year, so that's technically right outside the elite. That's right outside the top 12 quarterbacks. So it's and he still had not, no line in New England either. Yeah. So or, not just it, crappy or, weapons, no line. Yeah. So that'll it, it will be definitely interesting to see. So, Dennis, you kind of touched on my next question here a little bit, talking about Keyshawn Vaughn and Ronald Jones. Everybody's been talking about Vaughn, obviously, since the, the Buccaneers drafted him. They got a little bit of draft capital with him. Uh, but Rojo came on a little bit there in the second half of the season. Are everybody is, are people riding off Ronald Jones too soon? Should we buy all in on Keyshawn Vaughn, or should we try and see if Rojo holds on to the job? Well, I guess it depends on what your definition of came on at the end of the year is. 
so, he beat out Peyton Barber, which is something he had not been able to do his entire career so far. So I went on to Fantasy Pros and I pulled up the the stats because I thought, oh, the second half of the season. So I started at week nine. I went week nine through week seventeen, half point PPR. What was how did Rojo finish? What was his ranking for the rest of the season? And he never got higher than twenty third for the rank. So as I move, as I cut week nine off, cut week ten off, and made this made the span shorter and shorter. It wasn't like he he moved up to the a mid. He barely was creeping into RB two. So I don't know that I'm gonna put my expectations too much higher than that. I do think that he's he's gonna get a little more opportunity. So finishing as somewhere between running back 17 and 20 is, is probably where I would put him. Uh, it is possible Vaughn comes in and gets it. The offense clicks. We've seen it happen before where the, the rookie running back comes in and you know they go with the hot hand and then the rookie just keeps having the hot hand. So that could happen. I'm, I wouldn't count on it. I'm not going to draft startups counting on that uh, I, I if I'm going to take one of the two backs uh, I think uh, uh, ADP wise is, isn't uh, Jones uh, is much further behind much, much yeah. yeah so yeah. I, you know there's something to be said for investing in the veteran that's been there and knows what's going on and so I, I would I, you know I'm going to take Jones expecting Somewhere between somewhere in the bottom half of the RB two range, if I'm taking him. So I'd prefer to have him as my RB three on my team if I'm going to take him. Yeah, honestly, that's that's where I'm at. RB three would be my my ceiling. I think when you're looking like I'm, I just pulled up his game splits. He had one, two, three, four, five games out of 16 where he had 70 or more yards and he only mm-hmm. had two games out of 16 where he had 80 or more yards. And he had a lot of games where he got decent amount of carries and couldn't do a lot with it. I just don't think it's been consistent. And I don't know if it's just him or if it happens to be a little bit of the offense and the way they're, yeah. the way they're running it. I think what is appealing to me about Vaughn is they've talked about him maybe having a better role in the pass uh, pass catching arena. And one of the Tampa Bay pre-draft, one of the Tampa Bay pieces that I had been stashing was Dari Ogunwale mm-hmm. um, for that reason, because I think we've seen before, if you think about Tom Brady and even his successful New England teams, he hasn't had a lot of power runners behind him, but he's had a lot of guys uh, that were good in space that he would get the ball to, like a James White or something. And that was, to me, where I was like, I kind of want to get a receiving back. And I think post-draft, that's been kind of the thought of Vaughn. I'm not, I I like Vaughn as a pickup. I'm not expecting him to, to be like a 1,200-yard rusher either. But I think he could have some decent PPR value. And I think Jones will have some decent value too. I think if you're taking either of them above an RB3, RB4 level, you're just setting yourself up for some some rough times. And I have some terrible teams where I drafted Vaughn that he's going to be my RB2, but I already know that I'm just, like, punting that position a little bit. Yeah, see, that's that's where I'm torn because I obviously I love Ronald Jones. As, as Dennis knows, we've uh, been doing this podcast together since about his rookie year, and I was very high on Jones. Uh, 
but I also love Vaughn. And so it's very hard for me. I agree with what you were saying there, Matt. I do think he's going to be used more in the passing game at first. I think Ronald Jones, it's going to be his job to lose because of what's going on with this offseason. We've talked about it before on a couple of the other podcasts. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how much work they're going to get in. They're doing the virtual stuff right now. But that's not being out on the field, actually running through the plays, getting hit and all that stuff. So that might slow Vaughn down some. But the fact that they took him in the third round, Arians wanted him, I think speaks a little bit to them wanting Vaughn. Because they there's a lot of people who are out there saying the opposite, that, oh, well, they needed another back because they didn't have Peyton Barber anymore. But as you just mentioned, they had Derek, I don't know how to say it. Dare Ogumbawale. Ogumbawale. You guys, and you can say because I'm still. Can not we just call him Dare? Let's we just can. call him Dare. Okay, so they have like Dare. Madonna, he only needs one name. He he can do the opposite of what Rojo is good at. Rojo's a phenomenal runner. He's not very good receiver. He he's just not. So they had Dare, and I don't think they drafted Vaughn to just be a backup. I clearly think if you're taking someone in the third round, giving him that kind of draft capital, they're expecting something from him out of the offense. So is it going to be this year? I don't know. I could see, as Dennis just said earlier, and you, Ronald Jones kind of having it first and going with it, and then see if Vaughn kind of makes his way in. But I do think Vaughn's the the back of the future for them. Well, you got to think it's almost a little bit like the path you have with David Johnson in Arizona. He was not a – Nobody thought when he first came in that he was going to be what he became, but they saw uh, they tested him yeah, on the exactly. offense and he was able to make the most of his opportunity. That's going to be the question to me for either Jones or Keyshawn Vaughn. They're going to get an opportunity. What do you do with it? And this is the crazy thing, too. Is I, I, I want to say I think Vaughn's probably a better runner. I think he's a better overall running back than Ronald Jones. That hurts. Well, that's all right. Ronald Jones can take over the Peyton Barber role and give us 250 yards on 250 carries this season. Exactly. Hey, that'll work for him. And then you know he's he's he'll he's going to break out, but he's not. It's not going to be on Tampa. So so Matt, you're you're the Ronald Jones fan. Yes. We're sitting here this time next year. Are the Bucks picking? uh, Wait, Jones wasn't a first round pick, so there's no. So there's yeah. no fifth round option, never or nope. fifth year option. So never mind. Now, I'll tell you right now, Ronald Jones is going to have a phenomenal year with somebody else in a couple of years, and he's going to break out. And he's going to make me look right. It's just not going to be with Tampa Bay. Uh, just, he, I, he's going to he's going to be the, are going to go somewhere and actually be real running backs. He's he's going to wow. be the next Justin Forsett after Raheem Mostert. Exactly. The next yeah, exactly. Justin Forsett. You know, you know, that was hurt. That, that comment on Twitter was the most hurtful thing I saw this weekend, by the way. As somebody who's been stockpiling Raheem Mostert, just that was putting that Justin Forsett hate on me. No, Forsett broke out at like 27 yeah. years old, and he had like three really good years where he yeah, was good, he uh, good for fantasy. I, I thought, then I took it the wrong way because I thought you were making comments about being, being overdrafted because all I remember is I was so excited to get Justin Forsett and I had Levy Hunt Bell and Arian Foster, and within a week they were all dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One year I was just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Forsett came out of nowhere, had like two, two and a half really good years, and yeah, then it was just like- injuries. I mean, he was, he was kind of like Mostert in that he was a, a bit underweight, not real big, but he could play. He, he fit the offense the Ravens had at the time really well. And that's where Mostert is right now. But at 200 pounds, it's like, how long is he going to hold up? Our fear about Philip Lindsay, our friend. Yeah. Good friend of the podcast, Philip Lindsay. Yeah. Phil, come uh, bring your baby. 
Yeah, exactly. I'd love to have you on, buddy. Big fan. Big fan. So is that guy right there. Uh, so Chris Godwin obviously had a huge breakout year last year. A lot. Um, in fairness, I think everybody in the fantasy community thought he was going to have a big year last year, and he proved everybody right. Mike Evans also had a good year last year, much to my chagrin, as I'm not a big fan of his. With Tom Brady being there, do we think both of them can finish in the top 10 in 2020, knowing they also have the tight ends and the running backs? Do they both finish top 10 for fantasy, Dennis? Yeah, I mean, if I'm Brady and my choice is six foot six, two hundred and fifty pound Rob Gronkowski running a four eight in a non tight end friendly offense, and Mike Evans six foot five, two hundred and thirty five pounds running a four six somewhere with much better leaping ability, I'm probably going to throw the ball towards Evans. You know, and and Godwin is if he plays out of the slot like he's being projected. You know, he'll get a fair amount of targets. The challenge I have with that whole concept, though, is Godwin doesn't run out of the slot the way Edelman runs out of the slot. And so to just assume, oh, they'll put him in the slot and Brady loves slot guys, I don't see Chris Godwin as that run five yards, dart to the left three yards, dart to the right five yards, dart up two yards to be open. That I don't see that from Chris Godwin's game. Godwin's a good route runner, but I don't think that the it isn't like Julian Edelman. Yeah. Well, so so here's my question on that too, though, is I'm wondering a, a big reason why those guys – well, see, they weren't even really two years ago. I know Godwin I think finished as a wide receiver too, but he wasn't a wide receiver one. But last year had so much to do with them being so far behind in games, right, and the fact that they threw the ball so many times. Assuming that the defense plays better this year, which they, they had a really good run defense last year. They made some improvements on the defense. And the fact that they brought in Tom Brady, who's not going to turn the ball over like Jameis, we think. Are they really going to be throwing the ball enough to get both of those guys the fantasy value we think they're going to get? Because I do think that's where a lot of it came from, was the fact that Jameis threw it a million times last year for 30-plus touchdowns and the 30 interceptions helped them continue to get back on the field. I mean, I don't know why you'd assume Brady wouldn't throw a lot. If their defense is better, they may not have to throw quite as much as, you know, Winston obviously had to throw even more. And also, if Brady doesn't turn the ball over, they may not have to. But let's, I'm looking at his at pass attempts. Last year, he made 613 pass attempts. The year before, 570. The year before that, 581. I mean, that was Brady? Yeah, I'm looking at Brady right now. So I, he has had, uh, uh, let's see, the year he was suspended for four games, he still managed 432. Aside from that, he has had, uh, he had 600 plus pass attempts from 2011 to 2015. So, you know, I think the idea that what, what, like what I said, what we don't usually see in a Brady offense is like that power running game anymore. But a lot of short passing, a lot of short and intermediate passing. I think both both those guys could be in the top ten. I think both will end up as wide receiver ones. I just think tend to think yeah. Evans might be wide receiver eleven or wide receiver twelve. All right, I, I can agree with that. Cameron Brate, OJ Howard, and Gronk are all the tight ends that are probably going to be fantasy viable on this offense. Which one is it going to be? If you had to choose. Which one are you drafting and putting all of your stock behind for the Tampa Bay offense? If I'm drafting for Dynasty, it's not Gronk. (laughs) 
Okay, well then they hit it with both dynasty and this year. But I'm I, I feel well, like if you're gonna if you're expecting any type of production out of the tight ends this year, that Gronk has to be the guy. Uh, I feel like he'll be the one. He might he he he'll lose snaps because they're not gonna have him out there blocking. That's gonna be Brayton Howard. But when it's a clear twelve personnel, they're gonna throw the ball. Gronk is gonna be out there, and he's a he's the safety blanket. I have to be honest, if you're drafting any of these tight ends long-term for fantasy or for dynasty, I think you're kind of having a problem because we have yet to really see that breakout from O.J. Howard. Hard to imagine it's going to come now that he's got Gronk. Uh, you know, Cameron Braid is what he is. I think I'm with Dennis if you're in redraft or if you're just looking for to bolster that position for a year, I'm happy taking a flyer on Gronk because – Okay. You know, we've seen he he's the only one receiver that we know coming into this situation has chemistry with Brady. I think some of the questions are just whether he's going to be able to hold up all season or whether he's going to be rusty or how they're going to integrate him with the offense. I think all of us have thought it's possible he's kind of on a snap camp to save him a little bit, um, which is where you get Howard and Brady kind of going out and playing a little more. Yeah. All right, let's do some over unders here, Brady. We'll we'll do it. We'll do it your guys' way now, since since you know we've complaining about it every episode. Under being better, over being worse. So, Brady, QB twelve in twenty twenty. Over or under Dennis. Over meaning eleven over mean- or better. No, thirteen, or, 13 or better. Under under being eleven, since you guys kept complaining about. Now it. that you finally changed it, we still won't be able to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it's it's difficult to say he's going to have two wide receiver ones and not expect him to be a quarterback one. Uh, okay. So I'm going to say he's going to be he'll finish uh, as a QB one. So under. Yeah. I mean, twelve is technically a QB one. So, but I got what you're saying, Matt. What about you? Under like, or over? That was my way to push it. I'm really angry because I ranked Brady QB 12 when I just did my rankings. So once again, so I'm going to say slight over because I think there's a better chance of him being QB 13 than being QB 10. All right. His ADP right now is 204 being drafted as QB 26. Just ahead of him, Jordan Love, Cam Newton, and Drew Brees. Would you take him over any of those three? I would take him over Jordan Love because I think there's a real unclear path for Jordan Love or not knowing how that works out. So in Dynasty, I'd rather have a shot of a couple of years of potentially QB1 production from Tom Brady uh, than sitting with Jordan Love on my bench for a long time. Cam Newton's tricky because he doesn't have a job. I probably would take Brady right now, but if Cam signs somewhere, I don't know, I would not take him over Breeze. I would not take him over Breeze, but where would where would Cam have to sign for you to take him over Brady? Well, that's a good question. I, I think if Cam signed with New England, I'd take Cam. <laughs> because, uh, you know, in Dynasty, you're looking a little bit longer. Right. Uh, you know, I think with his ability to create, uh, you know, and with, with a good coaching staff, I think he'd be good. But... You know, if Cam went to Jacksonville, I might seriously think about that as well. Um, you know, I like we. I think we all like some of Jacksonville's pieces. We like Sharp. Yeah. We like Fournette. Lavisca Chenault could be interesting. Westbrook exists. Uh, Tyler Eifert exists. So I, I you know, 
Jay Gruden's another guy who's who's done well building some offenses. Wasn't maybe perhaps the world's greatest head coach, but uh, but then you know. So those are places that Cam would be interesting if he went somewhere where, he, like, if he signs with the Chargers, no way am I taking him over him because I think they made a commitment to Justin Herbert, and no matter yeah. what you really see from Cam, it's hard to imagine a real long-term uh, stable success. So I think that's where it gets interesting. Cam's younger, potentially has more of a more of a potential career, and we've seen him do some really explosive things to where he's been a better fantasy quarterback than Brady, maybe not a better real-life quarterback. Good so answer. would you take him over Newton and Love, Dennis? I would take him over Newton and Love, yes. Uh, I would take him over Love. I might take Newton just because I think there's so many places he could go. Like, I, I you know, Den- Matt, you were just reading off some of the teams, like – if he goes to Oakland, I could easily see him beating out Derek Carr, winning that job, and John Gruden doing great things with him. You know, if he possibly ends up going to New Orleans and he's going to be the future behind Drew Brees instead of Jameis Winston, you know, I'm trying to look at some other teams. There was a lot of talk earlier that, you know, he might, great place might be for him to go to like the Los Angeles Rams and back up Jared Goff or something like that and, and see if Goff may, might get hurt. Who was it? San Francisco we talked about earlier in the offseason because they can get out of Jimmy G's contract in a year. Like there's a lot of places I think Newton can land. And I think regardless of if he were to land on a team this year and be a backup, I just think he's got a, a better future in the NFL than Tom Brady. Now, if it was talking, if we're talking about my one quarterback, like if I have to have my quarterback for this year, I'm probably going Brady. But if this is my second or third quarterback, which is where Brady's going in drafts, I'm going to take Newton because I think he's got a better chance for for upside. So I would take Newton there. Uh, so I, I'd take him over Love, but not Newton and Brady. So just after Brady, Teddy Bridgewater, Jalen Hurts, and Jared Stidham, I would. Bridgewater- take Stidham over Brady. You are a Patriots fan. <laughs> No, uh, Bridgewater would be a coin flip for me because I really like Matt Rule and Joe Brady being there as we're about to talk about the Carolina Panthers. I think Bridgewater could be really good for fantasy with that offense and the weapons he has around him. Uh, So I think Bridgewater would be the better long play, uh, but it would be a coin flip regardless for me on those two. I would easily take him over Hurts instead of no no ifs, ands, or buts about it. What about you, Matt? I mean – Bridgewater to me is the second best quarterback on his own team, so I'm I'm not taking any of those over Brady. <laughs> Wait, on his who else is on the Panthers? Oh, PJ Walker, right? Is that who you're talking about? Oh, okay. What about you, Dennis? <laughs> I am uh, XFL forever. Definitely <laughs> not taking him over Hertz. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we probably wouldn't take ourselves take ourselves over Hertz at this point. Uh, um, Dennis got nope. so choked up, he froze. Yeah. He froze again. God damn it. <laughs> no, well, there you are. Came through on that one. <laughs> we got the important parts. Right. So, he's, he's freezing, and then the cuss words come out. He unfreezes again. <laughs> he might be doing this on purpose. All right, let's no? move on to Let's move on to the running backs. Ronald Jones, uh, RB20 in 2020, uh, over or under, Dennis? And he froze again. 20. And he's frozen again. Matt, over or under, RB20? I'm taking him over. Over? Because over is bad, right? Over is bad again? Yes, over is bad. Uh, I will agree. I think he's going to be over because as much as I love Ronald Jones, I'm going to be all in on Keyshawn Vaughn. 
Dennis. I mean, Jones could finish as RB twenty five and have a really good season, but still be worse than than that yeah. prediction. I Am mean, I? Yeah, you're there, buddy. <laughs> sort right. of. I yeah. I I, I, I think he's gonna finish. I'm gonna take like the under. Every time he's about to say over, right. he's just not being forced to commit to any of these yeah, fucking other players. <laughs> so later he can tell us he picked anything he wanted. He doesn't. He doesn't want to commit to over under now. So he's he's first. He's going in and out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Let's see here. ADP of of one eleven. Uh, he's being drafted as RB thirty eight. So going just ahead of him. Carry on Johnson, AJ Dillon, and Alexander Madison. Would you take him over any of those three, Dennis? No, I'm getting over Carry on uh, just slightly. I'll take him uh, over Dillon, but I think I'd I'd probably take him over Madison too, unless I had. Yeah, I would yeah. take him over uh, Dillon and Madison, who I think. Uh, you know, have real unclear, or in the case of Madison, seems like he's on a kind of backup trajectory because Jones at least has a shot to start and is kind of yeah. a game back. But I, I still wouldn't take him over Carry on Johnson. I think Carry on Johnson can be productive in Detroit this year and could be productive if he goes somewhere else. Yeah, see, that's the hard one for me because I kind of think him and Carry on are, are in the same role. I because I, I, I love DeAndre Swift, and as I just said, I love Keyshawn Vaughn. So I. I would kind of take Ronald Jones just because I, I see – I think I can see more of a, a path to playing time for him over – I just I think DeAndre Swift is so good. I really think he's going to be able to to almost kind of make carry on a non-factor there for Detroit. So I would still take Rojo over all three of those. Uh, just behind Ronald Jones, we've got Marlon Mack, Tariq Cohen, and Darrell Henderson. Matt, would you take Rojo over – I'm sorry, would you take any of those three over Ronald Jones? I would take Cohen. Um, you know, I think we've talked about, I, I like the potential of his production in his potential um, role. The one that's probably the biggest question for me, I still like the potential of Henderson. So, uh, I, you know, that one would be kind of a toss up for me. I'm just not that high on Jones. I don't know if it's a good fit for him in Tampa Bay. And so, you know, I yeah. think he could be good, but, you know, I think there's plenty of debate. The the questions that we're having about Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn, you could apply uh, to Akers and Henderson a little bit, too. You know, Henderson has some potential, so it just probably depends on my team and on my mood on that day, whether I'd take, uh, take him over. That, that one's close to me. I wouldn't uh, go for Mac over him because I think Mac's trending the other way. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I probably wouldn't take any of the three over my. As uh, I do think Montgomery takes a little bit of a step forward, so I'm not as big on Cohen though. He does. He likely will still get a lot of the receiving work. The one thing I'll say on Henderson, I've really kind of soured on him just because he he really didn't show much at all last year in his rookie year, and the fact that the Rams took Acres with their first pick in the entire NFL draft, I think speaks volumes of what they expect from him. Uh, so I don't think it's going to be quite the timeshare others do. So I, I think. Rojo, again, same thing as I said about the guys before. I think he's got a more clear path to playing time over Matt Cohen and Henderson, so I would take him over all three. Dennis, would you take Matt Cohen or Henderson over uh, Rojo? No, I'd take Rojo. It'd be it'd be closer with Cohen and Henderson. I still think Cohen is going to get pro- – he's going to push for 100 targets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, d- I think Henderson is going to get a fair share of work as well. 
especially with uh, the abbreviated off season at the beginning of the year, uh, I could see it being a 60, 40 split in Henderson's favor, but the second half of the year, if acres steps up being 60, 40 uh, in acres favor. Just wait until we're here this time next year, talking about the 1400 yard breakout season for Malcolm Brown. Right. <laughs> All right, Keyshawn Vaughn. I'm actually going to keep it at the same. Uh, RB20, over, under for 2020. Over for me. Under. I think Jones is going to be the better of the two backs this year. No, under means you think he's a top 20 yeah, back. Over. Whatever. <laughs> I think he, I'm going to start using the numbers. <laughs> uh, he's got an ADP of uh, – I actually disagree with both of you. I think he's going to be under. I, I think Vaughn's going to have a really good year this year. Uh, ADP of 67, he is being drafted as the 24th RB off the board. Just ahead of him, Melvin Gordon, David Montgomery, and Devin Singletary. I would not take him over any of those three, even though I love Vaughn. Uh, take that back. I would take him over Gordon because I believe Lindsay is going to eat more into Gordon than other people do. I got to stick with it. Awesome. I'm on that train. I'm, I'm going to crash with it. So I'm going to stick with that. Wouldn't take him over Montgomery or Singletary though. Matt, what about you? Same. Dennis? Uh, I wouldn't, would not take him over any of them. I, I think Gordon and Lindsay are going to have a fairly even split on the carry. So Lindsay is going to get his rushing production. But I think Gordon's the better receiver. I think the receiving back to own in Denver is uh, Melvin Gordon. I don't necessarily disagree with you on that. I think Lindsay's a better receiver than they think, but they don't haven't really given him that better, much. Of a better than they think, and not as good as Melvin Gordon. You know, he Gordon is. I mean, Lindsay had a much better or much more productive college game receiving. They just they haven't. Where I will agree with you is, is he hasn't shown it in the NFL because Denver hasn't given him that shot. Where we did see the Chargers gave Melvin Gordon that shot, and Gordon proved that he could do it. So um, I, I would say – You actually – I think you guys are both forgetting that uh, when Lindsey started to break out for Denver in his first season, he was the third down receiving back. Oh, I That was how it. he scored his first touchdowns. That was how he got on the field. It was just the fact that he could actually run and had a pulse, unlike uh, Royce Freeman, that got him more – of the rushing work. Oh, I, I agree. He, he's, he just hasn't proved what Melvin Gordon's proved is what I'm trying to say. They, it, the chargers have gone up until this past year where Eckler had the, obviously the huge breakout year, as much as I dislike, Mel, I don't dislike him as much as you do, but as much as I dislike Melvin Gordon as well, he's proved that he can be a capable receiving back. Uh, just behind him, just behind Keyshawn Vaughn, Le'Veon Bell, Kareem Hunt, and Chris Carson. Uh, this is an interesting one for me. Dennis, would you take any of those three over Keyshawn Vaughn? Yes. Uh, I'd, I'd take Bell and Carson probably. Um, Hunt, I think, would be – it would depend on my mood. Um, but I, I think Hunt is going to get enough passing work to make him viable as a you know high RB3. So, which is, if, if I think Rojo is going to be a low RB2, I think Vaughn will be a high RB3. So, it comes down to being a coin flip there. Um, so, definitely over Bell and Carson, coin flip with Hunt. Okay. Matt? I think for me, if you're in a dynasty draft and you need production in 2020, I would probably look at 
uh, Bell, Carson, or Hunt uh, as potentially being better bet. If you're in redraft, I would probably look at all three of those guys. But if you're just looking dynasty and potential, I probably, you know, I think Carson's health and running back situation seems to always be a little bit in flux, and we all think that there's a very good chance the Le'Veon Bell is not with the Jets next year, and you don't know where he ends up. Yeah. Um, Hunt, you know, Hunt could go to a better situation. He could, I guess, potentially go to a worse situation. So those are three guys that I think might outproduce Vaughn this year on the field, but are in maybe less desirable long-term situations. Yeah, so since we are talking about it as a dynasty thing, I would not take any of them. Uh, you know, Carson's injury history the past couple of years has scared me off of him. Uh, and, and I agree with what you were just saying, Matt. Like, I don't know what's going to happen with Bell or Hunt moving forward. I believe Keyshawn Vaughn is the back of the future for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, I just said I thought he's going to have an RB2 season this year. And I think that's where all three of those guys land. I still think Hunt could have a good year. Carson, Bell, probably both RB2s for this year. If I take Bell, yeah, I might lose out a little bit on the points this year with Rojo eating in, but I think moving forward, he's going to be the back for them. Uh, and so I think you're getting the the long-term success of Vaughn. I would rather take that over those other three guys. Chris Godwin, wide receiver five in 2020, over or under Matt? I'm going to say under. All right. Uh, I think five is a great number. I think he's probably going to be in the six to eight range. Okay. I am going to go under as well with Matt on this one. I, I agree with what Dennis said earlier. He's not quite Julian Edelman, but I do think he's going to be extremely dangerous out of the slot. I think Brady is going to feed him like crazy, uh, and it's going to cause him to – I don't think he puts up that wide receiver two numbers that he put up this last year. Right? I mean – he was technically with the pack. Michael Thomas completely separated himself last year from everybody. Uh, but I think he's got a better shot of finishing within that three to five range or two to five range uh, than than behind it. So I'm going to go under. Uh, he's got an ADP of 12 right now. He's actually the fifth wide receiver off the board. Just ahead of him, Tyree Kill, Devontae Adams, and Hopkins. Would you take him over any of those three, Dennis? Uh I I can see the argument for taking him over those three. Uh, I think with the unstable quarterback situation for Godwin versus Hopkins, I'd probably stick with Hopkins, even though I think Godwin may outscore him this year. Uh, Hill has a super stable quarterback situation, even if he's not as stable himself. Um, Hill is a... Well, I guess Godwin was a little boom busty last year as well. So I'd probably I'd probably take Godwin over Hill. Um, but I think I'd take Adams. I still think uh, uh Rogers is gonna be there for another three years. So I think that that gives me the uh impetus to take Adams over over Godwin. I would take uh him over Hill, but probably not the other two. Yeah, I agree with Matt. I think it's for me. It's an, I, I think he's just a little bit more consistent than Hill is. Like Hill, Hill is going to more often give you those like thirty to forty point games because he's going to catch you those three balls for like a hundred something yards and a couple touchdowns. Where Godwin, I think, especially with Brady being there this year and not having Jameis, is going to be a little bit more consistent. I don't think he's going to be quite boom as bust as he was uh, last year with Hill. So I would take him, but I would not take him over Adams or Hopkins. 
just behind him, DJ Moore, Juju Smith-Schuster, and his teammate, Mike Evans. I would take him easily over all three of those. Moore would be close for me, but I would easily take him over Juju and Evans. What about you, Matt? Yeah, I wouldn't take him. O- I would take him over all three of those. All right. Uh, as would I. All right. Mike Evans, wide receiver nine in 2020, over or under Dennis? I'm going to say is, is 10 to 12 over? over? Yes. yes yeah. I'm taking the over. I'm also <laughs> taking the over. I think he's in that 10 to 12 range. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, he's got an ADP of 22. He's being drafted as wide receiver eight. Just ahead of him, Juju, DJ Moore, and Chris Godwin. Would you take him over any of those three? I would not. Matt, would you? Um, would I take him over? I would probably take him over more. Okay. Dennis? I would probably take him over Juju. Interesting. Okay. Right behind him, A.J. Brown, Odell Beckham Jr., and Amari Cooper. I'm still taking OBJ over him. I have to. I I think he's going to be huge this year, but I would not take Brown or Cooper over him at all. Uh, Dennis, what about you? Uh, I think I'd take Godwin over all three of them. No, uh, Evans. Evans. Or Evans, I mean. Evans. So see what happens when I don't cross them off the list. Don't do it. Ride or die. Ride or die with me, buddy. You got to take Odell. You got to take Odell. I would probably take Amari Cooper over. Oh, God. (laughs) How do I get you off the stream again? Where'd that button go? I don't really care for Mike Evans personally, and I Uh, I can't. Amari Cooper is going to be the guy that I have in that meme where I say I don't know how to quit you. <laughs> All right, last two for the Bucks before we move on to the Panthers. Two tight ends. Uh, O.J. Howard, tight end 20 in 2020, over or under? Way over. Yeah, over. I agree. You could put that at tight end 30, and I would probably <laughs> still go over. Uh, his ADP is of 151. He's being drafted as the 18th tight end on the board. So right before him, John U. Smith, Hayden Hurst, and Irv Smith. Uh, I wouldn't take him over any of those. I assume you both agree with that. Do you think that's being heavily influenced by the fact that a lot of people thought we were in for like a OJ Howard renaissance before the late resumption of? No, because. The way that DLF updates their thing is they take like the last five to ten drafts that just happened. So it, it's it's very recent drafts. It changes all the time. So yeah, I don't think so. This Does is anybody else find that kind of shocking that he's still going that high? I think it's because they just people I've seen out there talking about everything. I think that they think he's going to be the next Gronk, and that's why they picked up the fifth year option. They feel Gronk's going to be there for a year. Now that Brady's there, he's always had a you know propensity to throw to the tight end. They think that he's going to break out. I've never been a fan of Howard. I feel like the way he's played is exactly what I thought he was going to do this entire time. So I, I, I'm not surprised with him not breaking out at all. Well, I mean, Brady has, uh, I guess, in the past sustained two elite tight ends with Gronk and the tight end who shall not be named. But it's hard to Aaron see that really – Right, Baron Bernandez, something like yeah, that. There, there, there you go. I was, I was trying to keep it upbeat, <clears throat> but you know, it's hard to imagine that. It's twenty twenty, Matt. No, no reason to be upbeat. Yeah, <laughs> there. yeah I, I know. If only they could read our private chat. Yeah. All right. So uh, right after him, Ian Thomas, Cole Komet, and Blake Jarwin. I would take Komet and Thomas over Howard, not Jarwin. What about you guys? 
Probably the same Who else for me. Does Dallas have a lot of really good wide receivers. Ceedee Lamb. That's all you need yeah. to know. Amari Cooper, Matt's man. Unfortunately, crush. Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. Michael They've got Gallup, two really good wide receivers. Ezekiel Elliott. Receiver. But then, I mean, yeah. if if you if you believe that Howard is not the guy, not a guy like Matt Bruning does, then why would you give Jarwin a chance? Because I don't think Jarwin has any shot to do anything after. He's going to be like the fifth option. It's going to be CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Zeke Elliott, Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, then Blake Jarwin. And that's just because Amari Cooper sucks. So, I mean, Blake Jarwin's the sixth. Like, Dak's going to call his own number first. That's, I mean, I, could, I guess I could see it, but I Tony think Tony Pollard's going to come in and play tight end first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just, I'm not a believer in Jarwin either, so – all right, Gronk. He's a uh, Gronk tight end fifteen in twenty twenty. Over or under? I'm gonna go slightly over. I mean under. I I think he's gonna be. See, over is the high number, right? Yeah. Yes. I over think is he's, good. I I think he's gonna be over in part because I I do think that between Gronk and Howard and Bray, there's gonna be some cannibalization. And yeah. and it's going to cause all of them to yeah drop down. So I think Gronk will be uh, uh, maybe a mid tight end two, low tight end two, and then the other two will be you know back end tight end threes or fours with some spike games. So I, I think Gronk's consistency will struggle because of the other guys as well. Yeah, I mean I don't know that he'll be consistent, but. Think about the state of tight end. You know, if Gronk gets six touchdowns, which doesn't seem unreasonable at 400 yards, he could easily be in a tight end one for fantasy just because of, you know, how Uh, rough the position is. That's where I'm like, you know, I could see him in the tight end, you know, 12 to 14 range, which is slightly over, even if he isn't a huge factor that we've come to see before. Slightly under. See, look, see, we just should, we should have just stuck with it. After you finally it. got us conditioned, it's like Pavlov's dog. You just took our food away at the bell. Pay attention. Uh, I'm going to go over as well, not just because I think they're going to cannibalize each other. I think they're going to lean heavily on uh, on Godwin and Evans, and I think when they get down in the red zone, we're going to see a lot of that stuff getting dumped off to Vaughn or Dare, like uh, Brady liked to do with the Patriots. I think Bruce Arians has already talked about he wants to kind of complement his game plan with what Brady likes to do. I, I think they're going to move away from Gronk, and I don't think he's going to be – I think he's going to be used more toward the back end of the year in playoffs and in the beginning part of the year, and, he's, and I think that's where it's really going to hurt his fantasy value. Uh, being drafted just ahead of him, Mike Gusecki, Tyler Higby, and Dallas Goddard. Would you take any, or would you take him in front of any of those three? No, not for me. Nope. I agree. Right behind him. Uh, hang on one second. There's a comment about Keyshawn Vaughn. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, right after him, Herb Smith, Hayden Hurst, or Johnu Smith. Would you take any of them over Gronk? Yep, all of them. So would I. Yeah, probably in Dynasty. To me, Gronk is a one-year swing that you're grabbing as late as oh, you can for some not selling, Vaughn. Not selling Vaughn at all, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not getting rid of him. All right, on to the Carolina Panthers. They finished 5-11 and 11 yet last year, missed the playoffs, uh, changed up their whole coaching staff. Do you guys think with Matt Rule, who 
as we've talked about before, again, I know college and NFL is completely different, but everywhere he's gone, he's been able to rebuild the team that he's been with and bringing in an offensive coordinator like Joe Brady. We saw what they were able to do at LSU last year as part of the Saints uh, offense the past couple years before that. Do you think that they're able to turn around the Panthers and make the playoffs in the next three years, Matt? I mean, I think it's possible, but that's a lot of pressure to put on somebody we haven't seen coach in the NFL that, Maybe That's what makes it fun. A, it's just a podcast. I mean, it's possible, but if I was betting, I would not bet on it. Okay. Chip Kelly said there's no difference between the NFL and college. And look at where Chip oh, Kelly right. is now, drinking <laughs> in UCLA. <laughs> uh, I don't. I, I definitely think they'll make the playoffs in the next three years. I agree. I, I don't know if Teddy will be their quarterback then. He definitely uh, will not. I, I he. He brings a, a certain play style. It's going to be good for – he's a safe player. And we've seen lots of safe quarterbacks take teams deep into the playoffs. We, we've seen the Ravens with a great defense and a safe Trent Dilfer, the Buccaneers with a great defense and a safe Rob Johnson win the Super Bowl. So to say that they won't – that they can't do it with Teddy uh, – I, I think it just is. It will come down to: Do they build their defense, and can they make timely plays? So I'm going to say yes. They'll make the playoffs within three years. I agree. I think they're going to make it in that third year after Brady leaves and Breeze is retired. I think that they are set up the best right now with the weapons they have. I semi disagree on Teddy Bridgewater. I'm going to make a kind of weird comparison here that a lot of people might not agree with. I think Teddy Bridgewater is very, very close to Joe Burrow. And that is why I think Joe Brady wanted them to go out and get him. He is a very smart quarterback. He's a very good football IQ. He does not have the biggest arm, but he knows when to throw the ball in there. He does a lot of anticipation throws. I think he's going to fit perfectly into Joe Brady's offense, which again is why they went out to get him. I think the reason they signed him to the three-year deal speaks to some of the reservations they have on him that Dennis just mentioned, but I think he's actually going to perform pretty well in this offense. Some of the offseason moves that they've made here, they brought in Robbie Anderson, who played with Matt Rule at uh, Temple, traded for Russell Okung. They obviously signed Teddy Bridgewater, extended Christian McCaffrey. They brought in undrafted free agent Omar Bayless, who was a guy that a lot of the Debbie crowd were very high on from what he did last year. And they brought in quarterback P.J. Walker from the XFL. They cut Cam Newton, traded Kyle Allen, and then the probably one of their better offensive pieces, Curtis Samuel, will be an unrestricted free agent after this season. Fantasy finishes. Teddy Bridgewater finished QB 33 with a 92.2 points in six games last year. Average 11.52. Would have finished as QB 24 had that played out. CMC RB1 with 392.9 points. He was 116.9 points higher than the RB2, which was Aaron Jones. DJ Moore took a huge step forward last year. Finishes wide receiver 13 with 187 points. Curtis Samuel. Wide receiver 33 with 142.4 points. And then Greg Olson finishes tied in 13 with 95.6 points. So what do we expect from Teddy Bridgewater in 2020 under Matt Rule and Joe Brady in a run, a, my goodness, who run a pass-friendly offense, Dennis? I, I think Teddy is going to – they're going to put Teddy in the position to make the throws that Teddy makes well. Uh with Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and Curtis Samuel, uh, Christian McCaffrey, and Ian Thomas, 
whatever Teddy does well against a particular defense, they're going to be able to do it in the passing game. So it, it could lead to some, you know, he could have some games where his yards per attempt is low, somewhere it's high. Uh, but if if the defense can't get pressure on the quarterback and the defensive backs can't cover because they're having to cover too long, then I think you're going to see uh, uh, Curtis Samuel, uh, Robbie Anderson type of games. If the defense is, you know, beating that offensive line like a, redheaded stepchild, then you're going to see a lot of Ian Thomas, Christian McCaffrey, you know, DJ Moore is going to be uh, the intermediate guy. So I I expect that he's going to have a pretty good year. It's he's a safe player. He's not going to take a ton of risks. And I think that uh, Brady and rule will put him in positions to make plays. Matt. I am not a uh, Teddy Bridgewater believer. Um, I thought, you know, he was okay uh, as a fill-in. Um, but, you know, if you look at, like, his last full year as a starter when he was in Minnesota, he threw for 3,200 yards, 14 TDs, and nine INTs. That was in a full 16-game season where he had a really good running back uh, behind him. That, to me, I think he's a low-end quarterback, too. Well, but that really good running back he had also couldn't catch the ball. Not like Christian McCaffrey. I know. I just don't. I think that is about where Teddy Bridgewater is as a a passer. I don't think undergoing an almost career-ending knee injury suddenly made him Joe Montana. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I'll say on on Teddy with the Minnesota is I I really think he's going to have a completely different offense here in Carolina with Joe Brady, and he has a lot of the weapons around him that Joe Burrow had in LSU. He's got two really good wide receivers. I mean, I think Curtis Samuel's getting undersold a little bit, Uh, and then obviously, in my opinion, has a much better back than CEH and Christian McCaffrey, and we saw what that, uh, that offense was able to do with him. Uh, and I think, like I said, I think Teddy is very close to Joe Burrow. So I think he's actually going to have a, a really good year this year. Again, a lot of that's going to be on what they can all get worked out throughout this offseason and how much of that offense he can get onto. Uh, will CMC be the RB1 again in 2020? I'm going to say no, but only because it so rarely happens that a running back repeats. Yeah, that's that's my feeling is – I think he's definitely going to be right up there near the top, but it's so hard to do it again. And, you know, you talked about they have some potentially better pieces and a a better scheme. I think a lot of what propelled him to be so high and to be so far and away with the RB1 is there were some big injuries and inefficiency among some of his competitors, and Carolina literally had nothing else, it seemed like, at times. Moore just missed out on being a wide receiver one. With him being more established, do we see a step up from Curtis Samuel in 2020? You know, I think Samuel, uh, it's going to come down to opportunities. And I don't know that he's going to – if he gets the same amount of opportunities he had last year, he'll have a much better year because I think he'll convert more of them due to – uh, Teddy just being a better quarterback 
than Kyle Allen. I think he, Teddy's more accurate, and I think that will help Samuel. Uh, so I, I say step up, yes. Breakout, not. I, I don't know I'd go that far. Yeah, I think when they, they went and got Robbie Anderson, that was sort of a bad sign for Curtis Samuel. I actually think he'll finish behind where he was last year. All right, Thomas has looked good when he's been filling in for Greg Olson. So do we expect a breakout year for Ian Thomas at the tight end position in 2020, Dennis? Yeah, I, I like Thomas. I think he's the, the, the tight end to own there. Uh, a lot of people are on him as a sleeper tight end this year. Um, and I feel fortunate I've got him in a couple leagues already. Uh, picked him up as a rookie and been just holding on to him. So I, I, I like Thomas. I, I think he's going to do better than Gronkowski. I mean, if our standard we're setting is that he's the tight end to own in Carolina and that makes him a breakout, I'm going to go go yes there because I could not pick another tight end in Carolina out in a lineup. You don't know who Chris Hurts is? Um, but I, I think he's a low-end tight end too. All right. I, I, I'm i with Dennis on this one. I think Thomas has looked really good. We saw Olsen, who was banged up most of last year, still finish his tight end 13. Uh, I think – Granted, it's a little bit of a different offense as I've been talking about here, so I don't know how much the tight end position will be incorporated in the offense, but Teddy looked to Jared Cook more often than Drew Brees did when he was in there. If he looks toward Ian Thomas, somebody could still see him, as Matt mentioned earlier when we were talking about Gronk, and them tight end positions really bad outside of those top guys, uh, so it's not hard to finish uh, as a really good tight end and have a breakout year. Over or under, Teddy, QB 17 in 2020, Matt. Over. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with over. Uh, I I think he'll be top 20-ish. Uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me if he finished his, at 15 or so. Um, but it, being forced to choose, I'm going over. Well, that's a good call by you because I'm going under, and I think he's going to finish his QB 15. That was uh, where I was going. So I, I, I'm, I'm really buying all in on Teddy in this offense. I think it's going to be much better than a lot of people are giving him credit for. ADP of 205, he's being drafted as QB 27. Just ahead of him, Tom Brady, Jordan Love, and Cam Newton. Would you take him over any of those three? Definitely over Love. And I'd take him over Newton because he's got a goddamn job. Yeah, that's, that's probably fair. <laughs> yeah. I was expecting a freeze and then the cursing come out. All right. uh, yeah, I agree with you on that. I'm taking him over Love and Newton. Right behind him, Hurts, Stidham, and Minshew. Are you taking any of those three over Teddy Bridgewater? I would take none of them because I believe Bridgewater is going to be better than Minshew. Minshew would be the only one that's close for me, though. Dennis? Uh, you know, it, they they are close. They kind of I, – I see them as – back-to-back guys and so it so i don't have 42 teams like you i'm only at 15 or so um and ha- i'm not seems doing impossible because you've you've ticked off that you're in like 95 rookie drafts so i don't know <laughs> do you do like 30 rookie drafts per team something's yeah. not stacking up here no i haven't i i've i i haven't done 95 rookie drafts um I have done a fair amount of rookie drafts, but uh, I think I've only done eight or nine, maybe 10 rookie drafts, something like that. I've still got a couple to go. Got a live rookie draft coming up here in July. Anyways, um, Minshew, 
Minshew, uh, I could go either way. It's a coin flip for Minshew and Teddy. Uh, I'm not taking Hertz or Stidham over him. Look, give me the chest hair. Give me the headband. Give me the no freaking dra- Jaguar King. Don't forget the jorts, man. Don't forget the jorts. The jorts are the best part about it. No one's ever forgetting the jorts. <laughs> All right. CMC RB2 in 2020, over or under? Making you commit. I'm going to say over because I think we talked about not thinking he's going to be number one. And since you've you've just really handcuffed our options by putting yep. these two. Boy. Yeah, I, I think that – uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over. I think he'll be outside the top, top two. I agree. I'm only going over because I don't think he has as many huge plays as he had last year. It seemed like every week we were watching him get like a 50 yard either pass catch for a touchdown, a receiving touchdown, or rushing for a 50 yard touchdown. I don't think he gets quite that uh, this year. And I think Barkley, Zeke take a step forward as well. Barkley being injured all of last year. Uh, He's obviously being drafted as the number one player off the board in the first RB Uh, just behind him, Barkley, Zeke, Kamara and cook. So would you take any of them over him for dynasty uh, purposes, Matt? No, I, I mean, I think he's he's earned the right to be that number one pick and getting a long-term extension, which several of those guys don't have, I think uh, kind of solidifies that position because you know he's going to be there and that they committed, they've decided he's going to be their guy. Zeke has the long-term extension. Yeah, it's true. He was not a consideration for me as number one. I uh, I. I might take Barkley over him, but again, it it, it comes down to uh, my mood at the time because they are so close for me. While Barkley hasn't produced at CMC's level, I do think that uh, he's shown the capability to do so. And you know, I, I'm not really I, I, I'm I'm in sell Zeke mode now. I think Zeke is uh, at peak. Uh, value and if you can sell him you should uh we're simpatico on that again dennis i i would take barkley i've been all in on barkley for a couple years now i think last year being hurt really uh really obviously set him back but seeing what daniel jones can do i'm really thinking barkley's gonna have a huge breakout year this year i still think he's the main cog in that new york giants offense Uh, so i would take barkley moving forward i this may be kind of controversial to say, but I think Barkley's just the overall better running back than CMC. And so I would take him because I think he's got a much longer future uh, than CMC does. DJ Moore, wide receiver 12 over or under. I will go first. I will take under. He finished as wide receiver 13 last year. Uh, I think he's going to be the uh, Jamar Chase of this offense. I think he's going to have a huge year for the Carolina Panthers, Joe Brady, and Teddy Bridgewater. So I will go under on 12. Matt, what about you? I'm going to go slightly under as well. I'm going to take the under. Why not? All right. I like it. Uh, He's being drafted. This is actually the very surprising thing to me here. So ADP of 15, he's being drafted as the sixth wide receiver off the board. So just ahead of him, Chris Godwin, Tyree Kill, and Devontae Adams. Would you take him over any of those three, Dennis? No. Matt? No. 
I agree. Hill would be tough for me because I again I think he's so boom bust, but he just he's so I would big. also never draft Hill, so that's yeah, I know, I know. I was gonna put the caveat in there for you, but uh yeah, I just I think Hill's Hill Hill's big games though are gonna be so much more than what DJ Moore can bring you, so I would still take Hill over him. And he's in a better offense. Yeah. That's I mean uh, and, even if you think Carolina's gonna take a step forward, oh he's no, already no, there. Patrick Mahomes, that's not happening. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, right behind him, Juju Evans and A.J. Brown. Uh, I already said earlier I'd take him over Evans. So, for me, I don't think I'd take him over Juju. I definitely wouldn't take him over Brown. I think Juju would probably be the only one that would be a coin flip, but I'd still take more. I, I think he's still going to, as I said earlier, have a really good year. So, what about you, Matt? Uh, I would take Juju, but that's – that's not a logical choice. That's just a your heart. The yeah, heart wants what the heart, heart wants. That's why you should take more because me and Matt have showed you on this podcast. You don't draft with your heart; it makes you lose. Dennis, go ahead. I, I think that the fact that Julio Jones is not included in here anywhere is a travesty. Well, this we talked. Julio about must be going episode. ahead of him, right? Oh, he's going behind him. Remember, we talked about it on last episode. Oh. I'll pull it up because it's on the same sheet here. Uh, where is Julio going? So Julio's ADP is of 31. He's being drafted as the 13th wide receiver off the board. More just because of his know. age, I guess. Shame, I guess. shame. Yeah, that's what we talked shame. about on there. That's what I would put Julio on here because I feel like he deserves to be in the discussion, but he's not based on the ADPs in the drafts. That's the that's the crazy thing about. It. That's why I said Moore's. I'll never own DJ Moore because I just I don't see myself taking him as a six wide receiver off the board. There's just too many other play, wide receivers and running backs in that range I'd rather have. That that's the crazy thing about it. He's really shot up after the year that he had. So would you? But would you take any of those uh, three over him, Dennis? Uh, I I wouldn't take Brown over him. I I well Brown is good and he was uh, at the top of the list for me last year. I don't think that the Tennessee offense has the production level uh, to, to boost Brown past more. Uh, I could see taking Evans, but I'd probably go more over Evans. Juju, I, man, I want to believe that he's going to bounce back with Ben, but I just don't know sometimes. And so I'd probably take more over Juju as well. All right. Curtis Samuel, wide receiver 28 in 2020 over under. I will go slight under. I think he's going to finish closer to a back end wide receiver two. I will go Matt. way over. How dare you, sir? Closer yeah. to wide receiver 50. I don't think he's going to be that low, but I I, I see a reasonable I, – I can see a reasonable case made for Samuel as a – Low end wide receiver two and a, a low end wide receiver three, high end four. Um, so at twenty eight, uh, kind of top near the top, about the top third of tier three. I'm gonna take the, I'm gonna take the over. I think he probably finishes closer to thirty to thirty four, or maybe that's under. I don't know. Whichever one it is, it's over. It's you, over. You got it. Yeah. This episode, right. it's over. We don't know what it's going to be next Monday. It's going to be mixed up next Monday. You got to you got to tune in to find out what we're doing. He next just Monday. wants to make sure we're actually reading. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right. So ADP of one thirty two. He's being drafted as a sixtieth wide receiver off the board. Right before him, Paris Campbell, Miller, 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 Miller. Why Anthony? Anthony. Anthony. Got to be Anthony, Anthony Miller. Miller. There we go. And Sammy Watkins. I would take him over. 
Miller and Watkins. Campbell would be a coin flip for me. So I think Campbell's going to have a huge year this year for the Colts. But since I guess I'm buying all in on the Panthers, I got to take him over Campbell. But that's just there's two Buckeyes. They're both going to be amazing. So I, it's whatever. I don't know. I don't care. I'll take both of them. Matt, what about you? Who are you taking? Are you taking uh, him over any of those three? I mean, I feel like I want to believe in Anthony Miller, but now I remember that we had a long conversation about Mitchell Trubisky still fundamentally existing in Chicago. Yeah. So I'm going to say at the moment, I couldn't take any of those over him. You know, I'm pretty close with Campbell. Uh, and, and I like Miller. Miller, man, Miller has popped. He's shown, yeah. he's had some games where he's shown, but I, I don't be, I don't believe in Trubisky, and I, I don't think I believe in Foles either. So I, I don't think uh, I, I think Allen Robinson will be the guy to own in Chicago. Miller will have a couple games where he puts up uh, decent numbers. Man, Sammy, Sammy, Sammy. Yeah, it's not even a question for me. Yeah, but I, I think I might take Campbell because I'm I'm warming up to. Uh, you know, with with T. Y. Hilton, Paris Campbell, and, uh, uh, and Michael, uh, Pittman. Michael Pittman. Pittman. You know, I I feel like the opportunity is going to be there for Campbell to pick up some of the Austin Eckler type work uh, from Naheem Hines. So uh, I I like Campbell over over him. I think by a hair. All right. Right behind him, Corey Davis, Marvin Jones, and John Brown. Would you take any of those three over him, Dennis? I'd take Marvin over him. Um, I, I, For some reason, I just don't buy into John Brown. Uh, and, and I can't I, I can't get I can't get there with Corey Davis. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm right there. Corey wasn't even an option for me. Hey. But, uh, Matt. When is this going to be the fifth year breakout for Corey Davis? Yeah. It, it could for happen. Devontae Parker. That's right. Like, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. I guess I, AJ Brown go get blow his ACL I, out the first game, and I think Marvin Jones will have a better twenty twenty than Curtis Samuel. But yeah. you know, if we're looking long term, that's that's not a bet I'm making. So I, I don't think I would take any of those three over him. Uh, I would probably take Marvin Jones and John Brown at this point. I feel like with you're probably drafting with his with where they're going on the ADP, you're probably looking at drafting your third or fourth wide receiver at this point. Uh, I think Marvin Jones and John Brown both have better upside to a wide receiver to return at least in 2020. Uh, I'm not worried about trying to get wide receivers if I need to later, younger guys that I think it could pop later. As much as I love Samuel, I, I'd much rather have the production now from some wide receivers. So I would take Marvin Jones and John Brown. And I think John Brown, the fact that he's going this late is a travesty. I know they got Stefan Diggs, but he he's proven to be a, a at worst wide receiver too every single year. So, so I'm all in on John Brown. Uh, Ian Thomas tied in 12 in 2020 Dennis over or under. I'm going to say over. Uh, I think he'll be, you know, 13, 14 ish. He could also be seven. Uh, you know, after after five or six, tight end is just a a, a hot mess. You you don't know, but uh, I'm going to say he'll finish out just just a hair over. Matt, oh uh, over for me. I will go under. I think he's going to finish as tight end twelve. ADP of one fifty three. 
tied in 19, just ahead of him, O.J. Howard, John New Smith. Who the hell is Hurts? Why did I put Hurts on here? I don't know who that's supposed to be. You just but wanted it's not to take Hunter. shots at Jalen Hurts again. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I think it was supposed to be Hunter Henry, if I'm remembering correctly now, but I don't remember who that's supposed to be. So Howard or John New Smith, are you taking him over either one of those two? I think I'm taking him over Howard. Uh, not, I think I'd take Smith. him over both. I would take him over both. I, I love Johnny Smith, but that, as we mentioned, that offense, I think Carolina's offense is going to be better than Tennessee's. So uh, just behind him, oh, it's supposed to be Gronk. That's who it is because we just mentioned Gronk earlier with the, yeah, it's Gronk. Hurts. <laughs> How did it go from Gronk to Hurts? I don't know. Autocorrect. My phone sucks. I don't know. Anyways, I'm still taking him over Gronk anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, right behind I would take him. Gronk over him. All right. Dennis, what about you? Gronk? Thomas? I'm taking Thomas. Right after him, Cole Komet, Blake Jarwin, and Jared Cook. Are you taking any of them over uh, Thomas Matt? Well, Dennis made a great case for Blake Jarwin, but still no. No. <laughs> Dennis? Nope. Nope. I agree. All right, so that finishes up for the NFC South. We will be moving on to – you guys want to do the East or the West next Monday? North, South, East. East, yeah. right, don't do you East. remember? You you are a lot closer to elementary hey, school than I am. That means <laughs> we get to spend at least forty five minutes discussing Matt's favorite team. The Dallas Cowboys. You will Cowboys. be very surprised how limited we will talk about the Dallas Cowboys. We will talk a lot about Ceedee Lamb, Michael Gallup, and Zeke Elliott. Not much about anybody else on that team. All right, uh, that will. So we'll be back with the NFC East on Monday. We've got a special guest, Mr. Kenneth Dixon, joining us on Thursday. So that should be a fun episode. Did I say it wrong, Dennis? I no, feel like I, I, no. The way it, there, the the lack of punctuation in your sentence, my head heard uh, on Monday. Uh, we'll have Kenneth Dixon, but oh, no, okay. you're good. From the band, say, say his band, Dennis, Framing so Hanley. Kenneth Framing Dixon, Hanley. Framing Hanley. You can Download. follow Kenneth at. At F H Hanley, H A N L E Y on Twitter. I actually got the album today. I plan on listening it, listening to it this week since it's about Fallout Boy, whoever that is, the <laughs> Tommen, right? No. <laughs> but, no. I will. I will listen to it uh, in between podcasts and other things, so I can kind of get an idea of the music and and see if I can connect with him on a more personal level, even though I don't know, don't really like music. So, but we'll have him on with us Thursday. We're excited about that. Has a fantasy football podcast. Is a very. Uh, very famous artist. His music, I've been told, is very good by these two gentlemen who actually like music. So I'll check it out and we'll, we'll see what they think. But we will see you guys on Thursday. Thank you guys for dropping in. Stay safe out there. Yep. Stay Rock safe. On. Rock on. Rock on. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wall line ready. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Die, leave. Only tackle in the corner.